this is Rob Liefeld, and you are listening to the Grail Hunters Australia Comics Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Grey Lanterns Australia podcast. You'll notice we've made a few changes with the intro and that is pretty much just me not being a lazy arsehole. The song featured in the intro is called Mars by the band Torrential Thrill, Melbourne band and Steve Boyd, Grey Lanterns member on bass. It's absolutely fucking amazing and I'm really addicted to it. I'm fucking over the moon and as a result for the next few episodes we'll be using the song as an outro, the full song, end to end so you can love it as much as I do. So look out for that at the end of every episode. Today's episode was recorded live in front of an audience at Supernova Melbourne on the 7th of March. Supernova was kind enough to provide us with the footage after the fact and it is not stereo so if you have some problems listening just turn up the volume a little bit and have some fun with us. We were joined on the panel by industry expert Norm Bardell from Fats Comics and he gave us some great insights into collecting, selling, investing, flipping and grading comics. Have a listen and as always provide us with some feedback. Love you guys. Hello everyone, welcome and we are live. Welcome to Grail Hunters Australia podcast. Um, my name is Alana Marshall, I'm your moderator. Um, I do need to give you a short warning um, that there might be some mature content, um, mostly mostly language related. Um, thank you very much for coming along today. Um, the podcast today will be about uh, collecting, um, grading and flipping and I'd like to introduce our panellists. So first up we've got um, Ben G. Now Ben, what do you like to collect? Things, things of interest. I'm not limited to any one genre of things so I've got a very eclectic collection at home and it's not expansive, it's just things that I like. I like collect things that I like. Very good. And we've also got panellist uh, Neville Howard, who is the founder of Grail Hunters Australia. Um, Neville, what makes you qualified to uh, be up here today? Uh, He's our leader. <laughs> <laughs> I slipped my way to the top. About a few years ago, um, with a craze of Facebook pages, um, with, I just thought it would be good to have a community dedicated to supporting each other rather than just to buy and sell a type of page and it organically grew from there, so it was pretty good. And most of the people there are friends in real life as a result. Lovely. And we've got uh, Mike Speakman, who is also um, one of the co-hosts of the podcast. Uh, Mike, you do a lot of podcasts. Why are you doing this one as well? Unfortunately. Um, Neville offered me beer. <laughs> so that, that's Where's the beer, Neville? There's a distinct absence of beer. <laughs> it's <beyond> black curtain. <laughs> 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 so, and lucky last, we've got Norm Bardell from Fats Comics, so he's our special guest today. Uh, welcome, Norm. Oh, you're always special. Um, yes, in some not-so-special ways. So, yeah, as far as collecting, well, I, I'm older than most people in this game. I've got a comic shop. Over the years, I used to collect comics. I'm older, so now I collect money. Mm. So I'm very much... In it's literally the same thing, though, right? Uh, well, it could be, yeah. but you know, it's not money until you sell it. Yeah. So that's the other part of investing. Don't tell a lot of that part. Until then, it's hoarding. Let's yeah. uh, so we're clear. The comic, comic reach is great. <laughs> so yeah, part of the thing about being an investment, uh, you know, it's the old adage: things are a liability. You pay out money for things that are a liability, and they only become an asset when you sell them. So the biggest True. lie the bank tells you is that. Your house is an asset. It's not actually an asset. You pay the bank for it, and until you sell it, so and you pay them insurance for it. Yeah, and then it becomes an asset if you're lucky enough to sell it for a profit. Yep. Lovely. So we're going to keep it a little bit informal today. We've got a, a nice group of people here. Um, so if you do have any questions along the way, feel free to throw your hand up and I'll try and keep an eye out for you. Um, we'll also have an opportunity at the end to do a bit of a Q&A as well. And we've also reached out to our online um, subscribers for some questions as well. So we'll cover those. Um, we do also have a couple of giveaways. So we've, um, we'll do that at the end of the show as well. So hopefully we'll be able to keep your interest until then. <laughs> So we might kick off um, collecting and taking the leap to investing. Um, who's got some thoughts on that? Oh, me, me. You bought your first comic, you Yes, I bought my first comic. So this is a momentous occasion for me because it's my first supernova. <gasps> and, <laughs> first comic. and I bought my first comic today. So um, I'm, I'm, 
You wouldn't be you wouldn't really bullied into it, right? We've all just convinced you yes. over a period of an hour. Yes. It's a very good idea. I'm giving advice on how much we should pay. Did you haggle? Did you haggle hard? Oh, look, I left the haggling up to to Neville, and he folded pretty quickly. Well, it was a little bit awkward because he knew that the alternate store had double the price for the same book, and he's like, no, "You don't have to buy it. You can buy that one for double my price." He's a clever man. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but look, you got the book. You got the book. Uh, as, as luck with that, yeah. Stars yeah. aligned, you got it signed. You doubled the value. Absolutely. So yeah. that's what I've been doing with one morning, anyway. So. Yeah. 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 So uh, from my perspective, I think I've been uh, some of the stuff we do cover in our older episodes, but um, I've really been collecting as a reader for 30 years, right? And um, it is easy and it's fun when you pick up the books you enjoy and you put it in a bag and you put it in a short box you go home. So it's pretty easy. Um, and a few years ago I realised that, you know what, organically by doing that I achieved a lot of those grails or semi-grails because I bought them on cover price and they increment in value. And I thought, well, I'm going to put these in a little ex extra special box to keep you motivated to look for more. And um, when, I started dig when I started digging for more, I realized that you know, there's a world of opportunity there where people don't necessarily, when they sign collections or bundles or online lots and stuff like that, they don't necessarily understand that if you sell a run of stuff, there might be one or two that's valuable in there. So I started picking those off and just increasing the, my personal collection of the, the collectability of the issues, right? the, the bigger ticket items. And, and that, that, that's kind of how I got into it. Um, it's really easy because I didn't force buy stuff, and I, I'm a cheapskate, so I don't, don't overpay, which is good. Um, but also from the page where we're all on, um, we also support each other. So if you know I'm looking for something, you help your, you help your fellow members out, which is nice. Yeah. I started reading uh, only a couple of years ago, probably 2013, 2012, so I'm pretty new to comic collecting, but I was a reader and then I started collecting out of spite. So the way I saw it was... If I, <laughs> no, well, it's me paying for it, but I, the way that I saw it was if I bought that, you know, rare comic, someone else can't. <laughs> so it just started like that. It was just 100% spite. Uh, and yeah, I've been collecting spitefully ever since. <laughs> Probably a little different from most of you. I started reading books when I was actually young. And unfortunately for me, that means most of the books were printed in stone. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You only had part two of the Ten Commandments. Well, I collected all these books when I was a young fellow. You know, most of them were for me. And like all of us, you know, you, you end up, you know, you're a little kid, you're collecting all these comics, you put them under your bed or in a box or something. And then when you move country, your mum throws them in the bins. And well, you have to, but you, when you're my age, you then look back at what you remember you had and you go, oh, well, there's a million dollars gone. And um, you keep going from there. So, still collecting, still reading. For me, I don't really read a lot of modern stuff. I was just going to ask, I'm surprised to say you're still reading. You're reading well, well, I read the stuff that you love, right? Yeah. Um, every now and then, something turns up that piques my interest and, and turns out to be a good story. I mean, you know, Neil Diamond, like yeah. he's great. You know, Alan Moore, guys like that. Yeah. But for me, so you're selected. You don't just buy runs because you're I don't buy. I don't, don't buy. I don't buy new comics anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't even try to buy speculative comics anymore. Yeah. Uh, the my stuff I, doesn't I, interest me. I find myself in a position where um, I was collecting runs I don't read out of guilt because I already own the first thirty. I'm like, I stopped reading it because it's shit, but I also don't want to not have the entire run. <laughs> that kind of happened with me in Walking Dead. I bought the yeah. first one. It wasn't what I wanted to read, but so you dropped I had a subscription. No, I, oh. I dropped about issue 30. I oh, just okay. went, why am I doing this? Yeah. Then, That's my story at the moment with most DC stuff. I think I went from 20 titles a month to 18 to 5 rounds of 2, and they're bringing out every week, so it feels like I'm playing more. For me, these days, it's more about the outlook. There are comics I buy now that I'm on. And it's because I, I think Alex Ross did an awesome job of their cover, so I'll buy that. Uh, or Del Otto, some Del Otto stuff is just unreal. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's expensive, yeah. but I really like the artwork, so I'll buy it. reminds me of like Schomburg painting covers from the 40s and 50s. Yeah. You know? I'm, um, I'm curious, Don, because I've, I've touched base with these guys on a few occasions about you know, how you go about acquiring them. They're different. These, these guys haven't got, they're not running a business. I guess they are from home. Oh, yeah. But 
But it's a casual business. It's right? a casual business. Yours is low risk. I, I don't want to make any assumptions, but it is. It's a paycheck for you, yeah. So. Uh, well, yeah. See, okay. Is I, yeah. I have a, I have another company, right? So I'm an IT guy. I actually own an IT company. Okay. And that kind of keeps my wife in the luxury until she's become a customer. Yes. So do with comics. I don't think uh, it would be as easy as, as, as I kind of make it out to be. Yeah. So I do have a pretty high range of products. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got some impressive books. I mean, you know, I've got to say, I've got yeah. a lot of them. But I don't. You need, don't rely on. I don't. Like I certainly don't need to flip them to uh, pay yeah. myself. Because I had a look. I, I went down to your store today and had a look at what you had on offer, and it's it's all they're basically all grails, aren't they? Yeah. In, one, in one way or another, and uh, that's why it's all there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but it means the two of my best friends are writing him as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Frequency of the sales, the higher up you go, has got to drop off. Like, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, if I've got a, a twenty thousand dollar book or a forty thousand dollar book, and there's not a lot of guys who are going to turn up and buy that from me, yeah. but there are they're guys who turn yeah. up yeah. and buy it from me. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. sort of cash in hand type of thing. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. I mean, yeah. so guys want the book, they want the book, right? Yeah. But they are in Australia. They are few and far between. Yeah. In America, when I'm there, I have, I have friends like. Uh, Rick Whitelock, who owns uh, New Force Comics, he, um, he'll take a Detective 27 to a show and a guy will turn up with $500,000 to buy it from him. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so, we did it today, right? Cut it up the $50 notes at uh, Evil Empire. Yes. I can confirm it was not that much, though. Yes. Those are the extremes, though. The market is so strong in America, right? Yeah. Here, it's a market you have to develop and cultivate. Yeah. But from your perspective, though, right? Because you. Your market in Australia is heavily impacted by the currency and the exchange rate, oh, absolutely. and GST, and absolutely. everything else, right? And my pricing reflects that. I have to pad it. You know, you've got GST. You've got yeah, the choice. I'm actually the GST. 100%. When you, when I, and I import a lot of stuff, right? So the, 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 the freight to kill it. Freight to kill it because you know if you put a, I've lost a Fantastic Four number one in the mail. You know, it's a, it was a $25,000 book and it didn't come to me. Yeah, right? And you can't insure that. Yeah. Imagine you can insure for like four and a half thousand, five thousand dollars. Yeah. Right? Isn't that the type of book that's cheaper to just buy and pick up, right? In, in the end, in the end, I kind of thought that. Um, yeah. So, but now I have to do it in bulk. Like, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. I can't. I can't go and pick up one book, the trip's not worth it for that. There's yeah, not eight thousand yeah. dollars profit in that yeah, book yeah. for me to go and spend a weekend yeah, not going to pick it up, right? Someone's buying first class. Yeah. Well if you're gonna send the lackey. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have I have friends that will ship me books and, and they're coming to Australia for one reason or another, they'll bring them and yeah, it's like like a yeah, that's true. Well, not so much. I mean I'm, I'm usually buying them from them, yeah. so you know. Make it more um, comic meals. Yeah. When they ask you, say it's a comic, they they won't care. And usually they don't, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, we've all done the trip overseas where you bring back a bag full of comics. Ah, and they go, what have you got there? You've got comics. And they go, yeah, sure, go through. You're nice to the board. And off you go. But the truth is that when I import, I do have to worry about GST, freight, all those sorts of things. The dollar changes. I work on this in 12 years, right? So do you pivot your strategy in terms of where you source from or how you source, or do you just buy less overseas and more local? There isn't that much local. I mean, everyone's hunting for it for them, right? Yeah. Everybody sees, I don't know, Antiques Roadshow or something, and oh, I'm going to find that. That's all I've got there. I'm meeting at Antiques Roadshow. I'm boarding the set of China. Yes. The books are out there, plus people are more aware. Bucket of fingernails. The bucket of fingernails. Yes. How much of these? <laughs> yes, so I imagine that, look, the, the, the acquiring of the average hobbyist would be a lot less strategic than yours would. It has to be. Yeah. I, I actually rate the, I actually do the work to rate the, the value of a book and its growth. Yeah. All right? Now, you can't predict the future, nobody can. Yeah. But, but you know all, the trends. We know the trends, and we're all yeah. aware of what's speculative, what means are coming yeah. out, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I factor that in for when, I never used to, so I bought a lot of keys. But I thought, well, awesome, they're going to be great, they're going to make money from them. Yeah. And the truth is, while they're keys and they're kind of desirable, they're crap books to buy and try and flip and make money. Yeah, yeah. You, you know? can't buy at the top of the market. And I think what you've done and what you've proven with the Fed's comic stand in the past weekend, where we've got the stats there to show, right? Um, books aren't as hot as their relevance. Like, the, the movies, we were talking about the first appearance of um, Thanos. Um, 
that I mean, that's drive. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's dropped twenty five percent after the event because everybody wanted it because of the hot thing, and now it's kind of dropping in the rhythm. But that same that, trend goes for many of those types of books. It right? does, except I, I always talk about something called collective pressure, and I don't know if it's a real term. I kind of made it up. So I compare a modern collectible book, let's say New Mutants '98, first appearance of Deadpool. You know. Two years before that movie came out, which was a net movie at best, it was a, and you could find any $5 box in a yeah. comic shop, right? Yeah. Within, uh, within three months of the, of the movie being announced, uh, it started climbing 300 bucks by then. By the time the movie hit, it was a thousand US for high grade. Yeah. That book exists in the yeah. millions. Yeah. So yeah, they were turning something else. Yeah. Well, yeah. just the same thing, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, what happened was, after the movie went down, we all know, that's set. Yeah. But it didn't have any collective pressure before that. Yeah. Iron Man 55, people wanted that before it was a movie. Yeah. So it had a real value. A, oh, yeah, a it just value it's still valuable. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But, but it always had pressure behind it. And that's what we see with the climbing. Black Widow, right? First appearance yeah. of Black Widow. Always a collectible book. She's always yeah. been very popular since the Avengers nice. movie. It's gone crazy. Yeah. When the movie comes out, it will set. So, so going back to New Business Night 8 was a good uh, example. When we look at price variants and the ratios of them, do you do you find there's more appeal of people wanting to buy the Australian price variants? I've been saying that since day one. Yeah. So, uh, but but people are catching up to it now, right? Yeah, right. Because, because if you look on, it's a three percent, three percent of volume, or right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's it's rated in the collected stats. Yeah. Look on GPA, yeah. the Australian price variant goes higher and higher than any of the. American ones, and this is actually true with a lot of the more modern Australian prosperity yeah. books. Yeah, they have some collectability about them, right? There's and the, the Americans are catching up. Yeah, they're buying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't think Americans have necessarily found the bites on eBay where they say worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> they just shop local. I I, got, I get bargains in Canada and even Hawaii because if it's not in the 49 states, it doesn't show up in their searches. Nah, at least mate. I'm giving away all my baseball <laughs> World Cup, right? Only Americans turn up. Yeah. yeah. No, no, you, don't, you don't shop in Australia. I've noticed that. My US, my US, every one of your packages for the yeah. last six yeah. months. But it's a combination of stuff to keep them guessing. My US, buy some latex. But there are books. <laughs> <laughs> there are books to be found here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's harder. It's harder to find those gems in the rough. So don't touch it. Here's what I ask this again. These guys, you're going out and you're buying a book tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and you're, it's not speculative, but it is in a sense. It's not, it's not speculative. It's not speculating. So, 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 so go back to what you, your opening statement, because I think I can write a book on this. Did you call it the Norm's Hot Tips? Yes, Norm's Hot Tips. Thank you, Chad, on that. Thanks very much. So, that's what I wanted to come and do, is give away all Even if it's not a specific book, a genre, you know, like, or, or, or a, is it, is it runs, you're talking about the Australian references. Is somewhere where you see where, where's the market going to swell the most in the near term? No one has a crystal ball. I don't, I, I don't, asking you, I don't know about the market swelling the most, but I can see where we're losing ground. Yeah. So uh, my shop in Brisbane does a wide variety of stuff Australian yeah. reprints, yeah. early Australian books that weren't reprints. Australia had a huge comic industry before they had been television. Yeah. You know, we printed so much stuff, and a lot of it was really cool. And the collectors for that stuff are dying away. The same way the collectors for the Phantom books are dying away. The Phantom, through Phantom Run, is the largest run of Phantom books in the world. And the collectors love that because they can start... It's got a world record there. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they can start like number one and get up to like, I don't know what it's up to now, 1900 maybe, whatever. Yeah. So people collect backwards in that run. Yeah, okay. they start the new ones and they work their way backwards. But the price of the early ones is going for four. We've got a question in there. I started collecting comics back in the 70s, stopped buying physical comics probably about somewhere in the 90s. So I have a huge collection of stuff that I, some of them are still in the shipping package that I got from the US because I was buying them uh, from a mob called Comics Unlimited, I think, at the time. Um, how do you go about, as a, as a, as a, somebody who's not running a shop, how, how would I go about divesting myself of my collection? Okay. Well, I'll hold these guys back. They're old, they sound old. Grading, encapsulation, stuff like that is what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, look, I think 
at the moment, the world, the world is at your fingertips with uh, a lot of the online um, GPA measuring tech or, or my comic shop. There, there's a few of them where you can find price guides and you understand what the value of Overstreet's yeah. out of date, they get right? Yeah. So Overstreet, they celebrated their 50th year last year. It, it is a great book, but it's like a telephone book, right? Um, but it, they, they pre-prep it by April, publish it by June, and anything that happens July at San Diego Comic Con and changes value would be in that book. So it's a good indicator, but also their near mint range stops at like 9.2. They don't have 9.8s. So if you have to look at, um, what is it, Go Collect is good. GPA analysis are good, but they're more, they're more for graded books. Um, what we tend to use for fair market value is, is like past sales history on eBay. Um, and what you need to do then is just make sure that you're looking wider than Australia because um, the good and the bad thing for Australia is we're a little bit deprived, so we tend to pay more than market for books that are, if it's a $100 book, we'll likely, the eBay um, listing might end at 110 Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it does it does depend on, on availability, I guess. Um, the truth but, is, but you know, two ways. You do a lot of work, go through all your books, catalogue them, grade them, and you've got to do that as best you can by yourself, no street grading guide, whatever. Grade, give them some kind of grade. Don't trust going to some website and let them tell you what a grade is. Um, but there is a significant amount of work for you to go through a collection. Let's say 50 short boxes, 5,000 books, right? There's a there's kids around, I won't say, but there's a lot of work, all right? Um, so, if you do that, though, you will maximise your return. Simple as that. Yeah. You'll offer these things up, you'll get the price wrong, don't, don't worry about that. You'll get the price wrong, you'll ask too much for them, we all do, and the market will tell you where they're at. But the truth is, is you're going to get offered prices really low because people aren't going to turn people up your house and, people and go through them. <laughs> well, they won't go through them, they have to be conservative. If I was to buy a 5,000 book collection, over the phone, and you've told me, oh, they're all eights. Well, I know for sure you don't know what an eight is, and <laughs> if I had to pay as an eight for all you of those books... books to get that, book. <laughs> <laughs> that was one, so I did it once. <laughs> anyway, if, if I had to buy it over the phone, I'm giving you a fraction of what you're asking, simple as that. So if a person's willing to come to you and look through your stuff, a serious buyer, it really helps. But the truth is you should do the work. Um, if you're going to sell it to a shop, yeah. they're going to do all the work. They're going to give you a fraction of what it is you're asking and, for. And do, do you know, uh, in addition to that, we see a lot, because social media, we social media was in the sense that you're always looking for marketplace, you're always looking for um, Gumtree and stuff like that. When somebody says, I've got 13,000 comics and something for 25,000, you just scroll on because you, there's no photos and you don't know what that top 1% is, what the person thinks makes up the 25,000, right? It could be uh, 80s Archies or something. It's all ALFQuest. Yeah, all <laughs> ALFQuest. Um, and, and that's what you need to be able to actually articulate. You need to be able to articulate what those attractions of those books are and approximate grades. See, I used to work on a grading scale of Porter. That's how we all work. So we still use that scale. Right. So guys that know what they're doing, we use that scale. Because if you want to sit there and try and get half a grade from 8 to an 8.5, you need to see a thousand books a week going past you. You need to be a professional grader. The truth is that when I look at a book, I'm grading in jumps of two. It's poor, it's, it's yeah, uh, good, yeah, it's, it's very good. Six, yeah. You know, it, I'm, because we can't, we're not going to be correct. We're going to, I don't care how good a lot of these guys say their grading is. I've been doing the same thing as them for 20 years, looking at books and grading. But I have a decent relationship with a professional grader. Yeah. You know enough to know that, that I'm not you're right. also flawed. Yeah, right? yeah. We talked about that just Sometimes I'm under, which works in your favour, and sometimes I'm over, yeah. which works in my favour. The problem with that is, is every time I'm over, whoever I was older to wants to whinge about it. But every time I'm under, they want to take the money and run. So, yeah. so how many graders are there in Australia? Uh, well, as far as I'm concerned, one. That's yeah, there, there's one, one that's recognised by Overstreet. He's actually, if you have the Overstreet price guide, you go to the, the graders authorised. Grant Eddy is in there, and he runs Halo Grading. Uh, he does grading. Yeah, there you go. And, and what's the threshold that you would choose to decide to actually have a book encapsulated? Oh, look, that, that's one of the. That's the million dollar question. You want to come moderate? Because that was the third <laughs> <laughs> question. No, you're doing a great job. Keep Fine, going. <laughs> <laughs> so, get on. So, no. Yeah. Grading no, no, keep going. Grading, 
Grading can be, in many cases, very emotive, right? A lot of people want to grade something from because it's a sentimental value book, or they just want to protect it because it's number one. It could be a Justice League International number one. It's worth ten dollars, but they want to keep it in nine point eight, right? But then grading for grading for me is more about preservation. And if you're looking at books from sixty-one to sixty-three, you know the ones that are all paper, and newspaper print, and they're brittle, especially the Marvel stuff. I'll grade it, even if it's a 1 or a 0 0.5, because I know that oxidization or anything else in the atmosphere could ruin it, make it a 0 over 10 years, because um, it just prolongs its life, right? For me, that's, that's absolutely true, and that's a collective perspective. Exactly. I love it's that not perspective. a perspective. No, I, I love that perspective, no, because no. it's about the preservation of, of an art form, I believe, we're losing. And the, the flip side is? But the flip side for me is, it's about investment, right? So I personally, for me it's about reputation. I run a store. So I have things graded so I don't get it wrong when I sell you a $20,000 book because half a grade matters. And I, I can tell you now, if you have, a, say, X-Men 1, let's say X-Men 1, right? If you have X-Men 1, 4 raw and a 4 graded, the 4 graded will be 25% more valuable because the buyer can trust and understand and actually find the greatest notes. They can say, oh, this is four because of A, B, C, D, E. And you don't find that with a raw book. With a raw book, I've bought raw books with missing pages graded as very fine, or, or eights, and then I get it home and it's got two pages. That's an interesting perspective. A lot of comic shop dealers, for, for instance, go through so many books, handle so many books, that their grading gets extremely casual where they're looking at the front and back cover and passing it on. Yeah, not no, counting they pages. They don't normally do that with really high dollar yeah. value books, but I've seen it happen. Yeah. I've seen some of the most experienced comic book sellers in, in the world, in America, come out here, whatever, and have sold books that they've just missed a page missing. They've just missed it, yeah. you know? And it doesn't help us. It doesn't help anybody. So, what do you do? The, the thing you need to do is if it's worth a lot of money and you want to sell it, great. Got another question here in the middle. Spider-Man. How are you? Uh, this is more <laughs> likely an opinion-based answer, so that's why I'm bringing it to you for your opinions on it. I hear... I do like your hair. <laughs> I hear many different responses to this, yeah. and as you know, being online, you can be polluted by other people's opinions on things. Yeah. So I don't expect you guys to have a definitive answer to this, but in your opinion, yeah. is there a big difference between CGC and Halo? Yeah. Um, as Because I've heard all sorts of oh, things. Oh, 100%. You know, 100%. Um, I've been led to believe that CGC is the only way to go where Halo can be, you know, I don't want to speak badly of them, but... I'd like you to answer this first and then I'll have Yeah, so for me it's about market reputation, right? I think it's the people... Uh, it's different grading companies. So there's three three grading companies, four grading companies in the world. Yeah. Who's the first? Speakman? Oh, Vault, no, they just continued. Well, and the other guys that just came in... Anyway, there's a European one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but what they do is they, they use qualified graders to grade the comics and they encapsulate it to make sure that it becomes unaffected. So you can't tamper with it, you can't change the post-grade, things like that. That's kind of the benefit of the grading. Now, going back to your question is, um, I think pe people that, the more, the less you know about it, the more opinion you have about it. That's, that is really the, the, my honest answer. Like, if you have a scale of ignorance, the less you know about Halo, the less your opinion will be. Because the only thing you know is, is CGC, right? And the same thing goes for CBCS, the same thing goes for PGX. I think if, if you understand why Halo is different and what the drivers are, it's more of a boutique grading company, it's more personal touch, they're hand-pressed, the, 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 I actually weighed a, a cracked case because I got books signed, right? I weighed it, it's 25% heavier, so sturdier, and the glue is, it's not the, the CGC ones that pins, and you can crack the pins by the weep hole. A weep hole, a weep hole was one of the words we need to use. You can crack them pretty easy, right? Whereas the, the backs of the halo ones are glued up, so it's tamper proof. Um, if you throw, if I can toss one at you now, I'll probably give you stitches. So, um, <laughs> it is just what it is, right? right? The, the, the grading to a T is accurate. It's unquestionable because Grant does what he does and he's authorised to do that. It is aesthetics. People have opinions on that. 
and people have opinions about how they think casement works. And yeah, that's been so fun. from my perspective, there's a few things. First of all, I don't know if you've seen it, but there are a number of people who have tested grading companies, they sent the same book in, get it slowed by three different companies, whatever, and the variety exists. And it exists because grading is subjective. When we all started trying to use this new scale, it came out from Robert Overstreet's grading by Dovet. These guys all said together, you know, him, um, what's his name from CBCS now? Steve Borick. Borick started CGC, right? And, and moved on to CBCS after whatever. But they started this grading scale, and it was very tight. Uh, now, it's not as tight. It's, it's very much uh, a lot looser than that. Grant still maintains an overstreet grading style, that's fine, that's Grant's from Hayward. So for me, the consistency is always going to be subjective because you have individuals deciding if this is a fine and this is a fine plus and this amount of staining is more than that or whatever. Um, because Grant does 99% of grading himself, he tends to be more consistent. That's whether, whether it's consistent good or consistent bad. That's and also, he, that for me, he, because he does it himself, and his volumes are manageable, right? Yes, and they are. But, yeah. well, but my biggest thing is, is that he sees so many books. Like, even in what I do, I, what we all do, we see thousands of books, but we don't see thousands of books on the strong lights, with the right sort of techniques to, to manage. Restoration is the biggest thing to manage. It is so hard. 90% of restoration is never picked up by the average person who looks at the book for grading. So, he sees I'll thousands... Of that. <laughs> he sees thousands and thousands <laughs> of books. Please don't show people that. And oh, that's are we talking X-Men yeah. reductive version? <laughs> that's the best restore book I've ever seen. Um, we can do a show at Delphi, man. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, you pass it out to him, he gives you his grade. Is it right? Do you agree with it? Or maybe you do, maybe you don't. But that's not the point. The point is, is this guy does thousands of them. And that's his job. You know? So whether you send it to CGC who have, what have they got now, 200 graders? Yeah. Something ridiculous, yeah. right? There is no consistency across that board. They say it goes through three pairs of hands. We've all seen the videos of them opening books and you know, giving grades back and whatever, and they are flaky at best, but they're still what they give as a grade. You have to accept it in the industry yeah, because it's industry standard, yeah. right? So are they better, are they worse? There are arguments both ways. Grants here in Australia, for me to send books to CGC, and I've done it, I'm sure we all have, it's a pain. It's a pain, you've got to get it through customs. You charge GST you get, for the value of insurance. Yeah, yeah. You, get, you get charged with all sorts of things. And sometimes you have to prove that they, they were yours to begin with. Right? Then you send them here in Australia. Are they easy to sell overseas? No, they're not. The grant does a, a significant number of American books yeah. each week. Right? They send them to him. For whatever reason, they like what he's doing. They may have fallen out of favour with CGC, CBC, SPGX, whatever. It's a grading company. This guy is making a living. Like he's, he's put it on the line, started his own grading company. He used to be the CTC guy here in Australia. He put it on the line, started his own company, and he does it daily with expertise and craft. Does he make mistakes? Yeah. Who doesn't? And, and you know what? That, the, the, the comments and shit we always see on Facebook about how they're it gets to him. People see the screenshots and like, and he's, he's of opinion. He's not going to create a account there to try, try and defend his position. He'll let his reputation and the book speak for himself. Like, he, he gets pissed off at it, but he's not going to go and try and defend it because that's the worst thing you can do, right? He'd just be like, I'll just do another 5,000 books over the next two years and keep going and doing what I do well. And I think he's doing it right. I'm, I'm agnostic with grading. I will... Three grading companies inside... Uh, three grading companies inside the overstreet, right? Yep. CBCS, CGC and Halo. And I will sell, and anyone can ask me this, I will sell each of them for the same price. And if you sit and stand there and say to me, oh, but it's not a CGC, I'll stand there and say, don't buy it. Simple as that. Yeah. But I, as far as I'm concerned, as, as a person, and I, I deal in some fairly big books, right? I sell some, and small books. I sell all sorts of grades to all sorts of people. But I stand by the fact that that grade is done by a professional, whether it's CGC, CBCS, or, or Halo. It's done by a professional who does that for a living. As dilettantes, we all sit there and dabble and we all have an opinion, but those, there's no bad word for those bitch fights on, on, on Facebook. They're just rubbish. Right. I think what people are also forgetting too is CGC's been around a lot longer than Halo have. Yeah. And what yeah. was CGC, right? you know, yeah. they would have made mistakes or done
done things oh, differently. Do. I have so a number of mistakes that so, I've made. Yeah. And, and it's not about it's not about pointing out these mistakes because yeah. even when, when people tell it to Grant, it's like, oh, two areas human. He doesn't care. Yeah, everybody makes mistakes. I've got I've got an exclusive A though. Fantastic for 48, level says 49, I'm like, I like it. <laughs> but you know, you, you give Halo that lifespan that CGC yeah. has yeah. had, and it's maturity. Doing, it's maturity. You know? So, I mean, yeah. that's what we've got to look at. Well, for some reason, people allow CGC a lot more latitude. Yeah. You know, people are more forgiving. Yeah. We yeah. make mistakes, they make the mistakes. Team. It's backing the winning team. People are, it's like Ferrari supporters and Manchester United and All Blacks. Yeah, I'll, I'll back the All Blacks all day long, even though I'm now Australian. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've got to shake Ben awake, he's not the comic guy. <coughs> Anybody collect toys there? Pinball machines? Toys? Yeah, toys, pinball machines. He worked at the Transformers Plus today. Oh. Yeah, that's the one we should rush to after this, we can go check it out. Yeah, for vintage yeah. stuff. Man. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah, because you guys are AFA, aren't you? That's your grading. That's right. So, yeah. we don't, I don't like AFA. Rating because then you can't play with it. Yeah. But yeah, it's AFA rating. Oh, all those precious things stuff. stuck behind bubbles and windows. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're to be used. Yeah. At least with toys. Yeah. Yeah. But Same with comics, mate. Yeah. You know, rip the slab open if you want to read it. Yeah, but you can re-slab it. You can't. You, you know. You can re-slab an AFA thing, can't you? No, no, no. But behind bubble, once you've got something behind a bubble, oh, yeah. the difference. Once you open it, yeah, it. yeah. yeah. Um, an eighty-one soft-head He-Man. Yes, it sounds very good. That sounds expensive. I'll write it with a bubble. Isn't there a Mexican version where you can run at this? Yeah, it's a little thing. But, you know, the difference between between a top graded out of its packet, Amen, what, 150 bucks? Yeah, yeah, to the original, you know, in its bubble still, mint on card, you're talking 10 times that value, at least, you know? Once, once it's open, there's no going back. Well, just to put into perspective, in the Transformers uh, toys, uh, Optimus Prime in the box, you're probably looking used, opened up, about $600. Yeah. What do you call that little thing that you hang on the rack that's missing? Uh, Unpunched. Yeah. 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 So, just so you know, we've started a new term. It's called... Um, no, no, we're the force Yes, we're the force Yes. So we're just throwing it out there. Yes, they are. So Optimus Prime box opened up. It's still got everything in there. Goes for about 600. Non box? 150? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, I think there's a difference between stuff with a box as opposed to on card. Because, you know, you can be careful with a box. Yeah. And you can be careful with instructions and polystyrene and yeah. slide it back in there and have a little bit of a play. Um, but that other stuff there is sealed in there with air from 1982, which we could all need shortly. Yes. <laughs> does, it, does it have toilet paper too? Yes. Well, it's hard, very hard toilet paper on the back. That's <laughs> right. Sometimes, though. Oh, who hasn't done that before? Yeah. Any other questions before we go, go on? No. Good. Very good. Flipping. Flipping. So in the Grail Hunters Australia Facebook group, each year we do a bit of a friendly competition. There's no prizes, it's really just pride on the line. Um, this year we're doing uh, Grailies Flip King. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Nev? So, so last year we had something called the Dead Coolies, which was you picked your top three books to not go for the year. Um, and we had about 70 boxes of splits in that. That was really good. Um, and this year we thought we'd mix it up and just say Flip Kings is a, in concept you start with a $20 budget and you buy and sell that $20 up to see, just to see where you get to as part of the street cred and to, to see what value you can achieve by being kind of cash neutral, right? So you're not spending any more money than your 20 bucks, but that means you've got to go and do some analysis on the market, understand what's, what's your bargain, what's not a bargain, what is the value you can sell it for, reinvest that in someone else. So you, the nature is you always end up searching for, for something that's within that level of budget. Um, and it's loads of fun. I, I know so many people that just send me swear words and messenger, like, what have I done to my life? Um, I know Mike, Mike stopped buying stuff because it's not in his budget, then he realizes he could still buy it, so. Yeah. So that was the biggest thing that I had to like, come to terms with, was that King's got me in a mindset where I'm going, well, I've only got $20, so it's $21, 25 bucks, 28 whatever, I can't have it. It's like, well, but what about my own collection? Where, and I've just missed out, so I've it's paid like $21. Yeah. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I'm living on the edge with Flip Kings at the moment. Yeah. I, I'll Slow burn. Slow burn. <laughs> I, look, I, I like the challenge, so yeah. I will start in November. I've not actually bought my $20 yeah. book yet because I would like to set it up. Yeah, so it's a collectible, and it's loads of fun because you see a lot of people started with like signed pop liners, um, got them sold, bought comics, got them sold, so they're on their third cycle. I'm on my third cycle now, um, and I bought because of this guy's influence. So where did, where did you start? Uh, so started $20, um, I bought, oh yeah, I bought First Appearance of Gambit. Uh, for 20 bucks. You're a prick. Oh. No. <laughs> Took advantage of a, a new v better. So that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> People's um, ignorance yeah. is the teeth that you suffer from, isn't it? I've got squishy notes. Yeah, so I saw that and um, I ended up buying a, a bundle of four books. Um, got them out of the way for about 170 and I just bought. Adidas Newid box or Blitmetal, whatever you call it. Yeah, Mint uh, on card. 2011 Star Wars in the box and they went for about 500. So um, once they sell, I'll just move on. So I'm, I'm, I am scaling it just to see where I go and I might stop it or find something I really like. Yes. <laughs> the only class we'll get today. <laughs> um, I, I started with um, Thunderbird figurine in box and then Sold that. 20 to 50. Yeah, 20 to 50. Then um, a couple of game and watches that I found a buyer for. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. So we had lots of fireball um, yeah, yeah. during the discussion to the point where he basically turned it over his both on. Yeah. That's exactly what happened, was I'm pretty sure he threw in a couple of Atari games as like the lube. <laughs> that were <that was> podcast <laughs> gifts, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> yeah, people accusing me of cheating, that were podcast gifts. <laughs> Everyone got one, right? Podcast kids. You're trying to get digital. Yes. He tries to sweeten the deal. I still don't. There was no deal sweetening, Mike. It was podcast gifts, completely exclusive from any other business deals. So I don't want to detract from your day to day with the comic industry, but it's so much fun to see. It is fun. I mean, I watch what you guys are doing. Obviously, I don't partake in it because. Wow, terrific, I haven't got the time. You guys do a lot of work to, yeah. to oh, make yeah, that happen. Yeah, yeah. And but, but our early race I like the interest you generate. I, I think that's great. I, uh, there's a couple of things about the whole flipping concept I'm not at ease with, but but what you're particularly doing is narrow is very focused, right? And and I really like the interest you generate. And it's not it's not about terrific people. No, no, it's no, well uh, just a good mic. <laughs> well, you wait, I've got a really good, fantastic four number one that I'm going to say. Ship your eyes, 40 bucks, I mean, it's a, it was a buy. Yeah. yeah no, I, I like the interest you generate. I like the fact that it does educate people as to what can be done. Because yeah, you push people out of their comfort zone, right? And, and all of a sudden, instead of just buying the easy buy of 20 bucks buy it now, you look at, hey, what can I get for 20 bucks? You look at There's never a problem with haggling. There's never a problem with, I mean, people will sell what they want to sell for, what they're comfortable for. And you know what, all the stuff I've sold them for that, I've sold at a buy now price, I just put it in an auction, and people find value. Like, yeah. I, you know, like, yeah, the, if the you're willing to buy that book, book knowing, yeah. and I qualify it, that's why I put things quickly, you know that, um, I think, that's his, a, I think that's his underhanded way of getting people to bid more. Yes, it's my Flip Kings, but I only want them all to win, so, you know. I actually used the story it's of the Flip factor. Kings to actually buy something, and I was like, come on, we've got this little competition going, and I really, yeah. really want to do well here, and it's a nice thing. Like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, you can your purchase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would come and see Ash. Yeah, yeah. That's what Neville does, so instead he just goes to the estate sales, goes, sorry for your loss, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you $5 for that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But I did miss it. I was getting a little frustration there because you know there is a little bit of pre you want it because it's not just yeah yeah, yeah 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 show advancement and I was um, uh, dabbling in that IE world that we were talking yeah. about yeah auctions yeah. so you know from different different countries like whether it's the, the states to Canada to yeah. to Australia I was looking in Japan thinking that culturally things were worth plenty here yeah uh, might not be as good it's, yeah. it's, 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 no it's no different to what I'm going to use this word loosely. What we do professionally in the business for it, right? Yeah. Like I've got a comic shop. Yeah. It's no really no different. The scale's a little different potentially. Yeah. And but truthfully, we don't have as much time to spend on the research and finding those bargains as you do. Like I'm 
I'm all yeah, about you, yeah, you I'm all about trying to get it in time yeah. just get rid of it. You've got volume, though, right? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. we're in the kids' pool on the side. No, that's, that's not how I look at it, though, because truthfully, if, if you had the money, and a lot of us do have disposable incomes, you, you could ramp that up. Yeah. If you did it really, you can, yeah. there is money made out there. I suppose my only negative side of it is that I feel it actually takes people from being readers and collectors into that wanting to be flippers thing. Yeah. yeah. And well, that's yeah, my yeah. only I, I, downside I, I, to it. Yeah, it should be a polarizing thing. You should, yeah. you should find the middle ground. And it right. is. Oh, like, yeah. I've found that even with like modern stuff, if, if, if it's a spec book as well, there's a high chance I'm buying two. One to read and one to read. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. People complain, you know, can't buy Batman, uh, what is it, 89? 89. 89. 89. Yeah. Because all the speculators went and bought them from the shop. Uh, well, put your order in early, get out there and do it. Just because they, just because they managed to get on top of it before you got to the shop, it's not their yeah. fault, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we've got a few guys on Growland says we buy a lot of models and a lot of variants, right? You know this. And they do their homework. There's no absolutely no guilt. They buy at a cover price. They order three months in advance because they use the previous cover to cover. They oh, know from the previous. I, I that think that right. and and look for every one you get right, there's fifty you get wrong. So yeah. you know, I, I think will be pretty enough to sell. I, I think there's more negatives from the side of the comic shop that orders them in three months in advance, sees that they go up in price severely, and then decide they want to capitalise. That's a two-edged sword. Yeah. Comic shops need to make money too, and yeah. it's very hard in the comic yeah. game to make money, yeah. right? But also, they need to satisfy the clients if they've been loyal to them yeah. for I, years. I, I think that that actually um, brought back a memory. Remember when Pat and Dan came out, right? Yeah. They were 500 artist proof Little ones. Wayne. Yeah, Little Wayne. Um, when the artist proof saw the, the store promo one without dialoguing, every shop got one, and they could deliver what they want. And a lot of shops said, you know what, we're going to use this as an opportunity to make some of the money back because you had to buy X volume to get that one. And they were actually people who were crucifying the comic shops for trying to look. How many how many comic shops have closed? Yeah, it's just well, yeah. and then they do, they should just do what they need to do. Man. They, they should do with all of it anyway. I mean, it's a balancing act. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's one I decided not to play because I did new comics. Um, I can I can rattle off the margins off the top of my head. Yeah. You cannot keep the doors open on a shop with the margins that are available yeah, with the amount that you have to buy yeah. to get the incentives. Three months in advance. We talked about this about how publishers, you know, they've it's got not publishers, man. It's done. Yeah, it's all yeah, 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 right now. But there's a lot of really smart people there looking to maximise their, their 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 business. It's a balancing yeah. game, so you have to diversify in your shop. They do toys, they do games, they do whatever. Yeah. But they're really just fighting to keep their wages paid and yeah. their doors mm -hmm. open. Well, we need to open up for Q and A, guys, because we have covered a lot of ground here. Um, we, we do also have some giveaways as well for our people asking questions. So was there anyone else that had a question that you wanted to pose to the panel? Chance for a freebie, come on. Go on. Most irrelevant question wins the prize. <laughs> <laughs> You've already taken your mic away. <laughs> Otherwise we'll go, we might go to an online um, question from one of our Facebook group contributors and then we'll come back to you. Yeah. Um, it's a question from uh, Matt Vaughan. So, what are your thoughts on commissions? Getting a commission done, but then getting the book signed by the original creator. Can I touch on this one first? So, like, like, for instance, Tina's moving into the turtle sketch cover. Was he having a dig at me? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should explain that to the room. Oh, do you want to go you, first? You explain. Oh, so, so in that scenario, is <laughs> Matt Vaughan. Um, in that scenario, it's pretty much um, Kevin Eastman's obviously here, and I had a sketch cover, so I drew the inner front page of the first appearance of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on that cover, which is a dedication to him, and everything loved it, obviously. And I got it signed by him, so it's pr pretty much, you know, um, shake out, I'm wearing my turtle undies just for the day. Oh, I'm wearing undies! <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so. You're not going to sell that, right? The undies? No, well, the undies are undies. I'm pretty frequently, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I'm definitely not yeah. saying the book because for me, it's something that's come with me like Masters of the Universe and everything. It's influenced 30 years of my life, and I've got the opportunity you know, to meet this guy called Kevo, who uh, became my friend over the years, and he actually signs my books. And I can put my art there, he recognizes it, he understands, he's like, oh, dude, good work, and he signs it. So I've got a piece of my art signed by Kevin Smith. You'll never, you'll never sell that, for sure. Mike, did you want to touch on something there? I think that, again, like it's, a, it's down to people's opinion as to any sort of value 
with the book and what art you're on. I think that generally as soon as you're getting a commission and put onto a yeah. book, that but would devalue it for some. Yeah, and it's, it's it's not everybody's cup of tea, right? I um, think that a commission should be done between what the commission or it's an artist that you enjoy. So I think that a lot of people that get commissions don't tend to sell on unless they're interested. Yeah. I think, I think it's almost, a you almost collect your original art that's just attached to the comic book. Um, well, I, I think that it, it, as a difference, actually, original art is something that you do invest in. But when you go to get a commission done, it's a personal piece. Usually it's an idea that germinates from something you've thought about. It. And I, don't I, was, I don't think I've sold any of my sketch cards because oh, they're special to me. Right? Matty Vaughan, I know Matty, he comes into yeah. the shop, right? And he, he's got like literally got hundreds loads. of these things, yeah. right? And some of them are just unreal. This, he's got this cheap whole 181 thing that he has I done. I saw that, yeah, he got it just, it was just wonderful. Got We were there, right? Yeah. yeah. When he got it done, we were at that corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was awesome. I looked at it and I just went, you know what? I don't know. But not enough that I want to buy it from him. Yeah. It's his but he wouldn't sell it, right? But it's, I mean, it's his thing. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. You know, Joker covers done all sorts of different yeah. ways, and people do yeah. their thing. Yeah. You don't sell them. Yeah. I don't even know that people yeah. want And them. you put a price on it, too. Well, as well. well, it's easy, mate. You just go, how much do I think you can get out of that funnel? Well, he looks like he's good for 300 bucks. Mate, that's 300 bucks, you know? <laughs> 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 We've got one more question in the middle. I think we've got time for just one more. Yeah, Vaughan does have some amazing collections there. Um, free comic book day. Um, I've always done my best every year to try and get oh, as many people that aren't into comics into them. I don't even do new in. books and I have to do free comic book day, right? Well, that's my question. Jay Johnson told me last year, because I never knew, that you actually had to buy them. Oh yeah, we pay money for them. They're not free. That was a shame. They're free to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess, is, is that hurting you when it's meant to be doing the opposite? Okay, so... Can I take this one? Yeah, You're probably the best suited to. Um, the biggest problem with free comic book day, there's two, sorry, there's a few problems. Let me go through it. Diamond put out these things they call a free comic book day, and it's to interest people, especially young ones, who don't really read comics yet, to, to come on to a comic book, the local LCS, the local comic shop, and get some comics for free, wander away with them, and potentially get interested in it. On free comic book day, we see 250% more people come into a shop that never come back again to a free comic book day, right? For that 250%, you may, and I do mean may, get one extra person. The other people that come in are your regulars. They know it's free comic book day. Some of these free comics can be worth money after time. Yeah, because right? the, the, yeah, the market has changed where the, the publishers understand that they were going to attract a crowd by creating an appeal and having some preview for, like they did it with U52, they did it with a few of things where that was technically the first What was that TV of, series with Absolute Carnage? Uh, yeah, Umbrella and Academy. Um, Umbrella, Umbrella Academy, Academy, number one, yeah. Umbrella Academy. It's a free, free comic, comic and that's worth 100 something. And then right? you also got like uh, the free comic book day book for, I think it was Infinity, and it was like the, all of these henchmen. So this year, I don't do free comic books, but this year I've got an order, I've got a diamond count. So I've got my order into diamond, and I'm shipping in every single title, a hundred copies of each. They cost us, and I'll be straight up, they cost us 50 cents, uh, sorry, they cost us between 25 cents and 50 cents US. By the time they land in freight, they cost us two bucks each, right? To land, to just put it there. And I'm going to have to give it to guys who already buy from you. Well, yeah, exactly right. But all won't buy again. Just to make that. Worth two bucks, the freight alone means I have to bring in a hundred plus kilos of it, right? So every comic shop is in the same boat here, yeah. right? And, and the irony is, it's the free comic book day's intentions to attract new readers, but they're doing it in comic shops where new readers don't go to. Exactly, they right. should be doing it in they should be doing comic drops in Walmarts in America, they and should be giving Costco, free and and Woolies, and things and, like that. Yeah, yeah, places where people walk and like, oh, this is for the kids, let's take it, Just and take then it. go to the comic shop. Uh, but, this, but we're locked into it, right? So, uh, this is, maybe it's, I don't know, I say it every year, it's the last year, it's probably not. But the return, especially for a shop that doesn't do new comics, is zero. I, I, there's nothing I get out of it. They're not going to come along and buy a Fantastic Four number one, or a $50 Silver Age filler book, you know. It's not going to happen. All right, that's all we've got time for. Sorry, we've run out of time now, guys. So we will do our giveaways um, very quickly. I think we had two main contributors to our questions, so we'll come see you for your prizes. Thank you very much for your time. Um, <laughs> if uh, you are interested in um, getting involved, it is the Grail Hunters Australia's 
Australia Facebook group. Yeah, um, we've got a podcast. It's on all your major um, yeah, so podcasts. This will be episode eight. So if you want to listen, listen to this again because it's so awesome. Or listen to the back catalogue where we've we probably talked about comics, brick and mortar, variants, signatures, grading. We talk about all these things. And, and also And collectibles and beer. Beers. So this is the most sober. We're missing the beer this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And the I should put spotlights in the garage because yeah. it keeps us alert, man. It does. I keep yeah. waiting for a cop to break through the door and say, <laughs> I'm looking for you. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. Thanks again, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. If you have any more questions, just pop over. Um, yeah, we'll be milling about. This, this is one on Halo. Why do you have a picture of Skinny Grant? Skinny Grant holding three of my favourite comics. Uh, and these, these, again, this is stuff we'd reiterated, but that's also by Grant that we used in some of the previous sessions. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll make this available anyway. There's some of the labels we've done for Greylancers. We never got to that, but we, we do um, custom labels for signature, signature series books. And the points at the bottom of the Next step. So next step. Yep. Yep. Next Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Catch you later. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> and that is a wrap thanks again for listening apologies again for the sound quality i'm going to leave you guys with mars by torrential thrill have a ball enjoy and as always provide a review subscribe follow and provide us feedback we'd love it thanks guys mm-hmm.